In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Mysticism. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. And today for this episode, I have Della Rose Ruby Meyer. And the reason I wanted to bring her on and talk to her is we've had such lovely conversations about what it means for design and also energy and all of it and what it means. And she is a sensitive and intuitive and artist. She's highly conscious. She's an astrologer uh, and all of it. So I thought I would bring her on where we would talk about what we call intuitive design, what it means to you in the world of all of energy and spirituality. But before we get into all of that, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here, Nicole. (laughs) Yeah. And you've listened to episodes before, so you kind of know the drill. I really like to get into each person's story a little bit more and where they got, how and why they got to where they are today. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. How did you you wake up into this world and move into your career and where you are now? This has honestly been a guided path because it wasn't something that I set out to say, okay, I'm going to be a designer and I'm going to do intuitive and I'm going to do a healing. It's just been a path that I found myself unfolding as I've entered that passage. You know, I started out doing hospitality like a lot of people do, I'm sure. And from there, I moved into the healing arts, spas, wellness caring for people, understanding their body, understanding their consciousness, you know, and how that functions and how we relate to our world and our environments around us. So coming from that perspective and then merging that with a lot of the other skills that I've developed along the way, such as astrology and the awareness of uh, spatial environments And it was spas, actually, and wellness that took me into design because I started designing uh, wellness menus and treatments for people and training staff in how to do that. And I was with the Marriott Hotel at one stage, and I would design the uh, the spa environment so that people could have this very wholesome experience. And because I was always coming from things from inside out as opposed to outside in, I was looking at everything very differently in how I could affect people through environment and how that could impact their health and imbue them with a feeling of wellness. Because when we feel well, we tend to do more things that that, uh, keep building on that experience, you know, whereas when you feel unwell, and your environment feels unwell, it it's, it's becomes a, a descending fall. And so it sort of started from those passages and everything then just kept building into the next, you know. It was like, okay, well, you're not doing healing anymore. We want you to do development. And so then off I would do and do that. But the philosophy was always the same for me, was to always be very, very aware of the energy, the environment, and the people that are using and utilizing that energy and what's that impact going to have on them. So it's been, it's been quite a passage. 
Well, it sounds like you're very aware, uh, obviously, of energy and space. And so when you started out at a place or a company like the Marriott and you were working in spas in the wellness space, what was the progression like? Where did you go from there? Talk to us a little bit from there all the way to astrology and, and what you do now. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? You know, so because I've just sort of given you a snapshot, but the journey itself was, you know, as I said, I started in hospitality and that gave me a sense of, you know, caring for people, looking after people, taking care of their needs. Then from there, you know, there was this call to understand things more deeply. And I went through my own awakening very early in my 20s. And But I've been psychic all my life. You know, I was able to talk to animals and plants was the first thing for me. And that was just a normal reality. And because I grew up with a single mom and I spent a lot of time with my grandmother and they had a property, I would find myself wandering with the dogs, you know, a lot and visiting (laughs) creeks and waterfalls and just drifting because back at that time, you know, you didn't have quite the amount of uh, care that we have now for our children, you know. We weren't micromanaging children as much as we do now. And so I was allowed to wander. I was allowed a lot of freedom. And that allowed me to explore, I guess you'd say now, my intuitive world, you know, my psychic world, being able to communicate with those energies. But what that did was give me a depth of understanding of emotional language between plants, animals, people, our heart, our feelings, you know, whether we're, whether you can find the articulated language, you can definitely feel that there's a language that's being transmitted. And so that's what I've refined myself to become highly sensitive and aware of, because I was the person that always found myself in situations where it was, guess what we're thinking, you know, and so you'd be mm-hmm. working for employers that wouldn't give you all the information and you'd have to guess what they're thinking. And so you'd always be reading the room. And I guess that was my training. And then from there, developing that into going into therapy and taking care of people and becoming a therapist. You know, I studied body, mind, psychology. Uh, I've been a body therapist, a remedial massage therapist and um, aromatherapy and blending oils for people. And so that gives you another understanding of the depth of language and this particularly emotional language uh, because people have a tendency to say, oh, yeah, you know, my shoulder's sore. And you'd sort of ask them other questions and they go, oh, no, I'm fine. But then when you put your hands on their body, the language is very different. The body has something completely different to tell you. And so then you listen to the body because it doesn't lie. And and so then you start to track it. And then what I found myself was teaching people how to listen to their body and how to hear what the body's actually trying to say and uh, and express and share with you, you know, because everything is giving you a message and it's slowing down enough to hear what is that information, you know, because that's rich information for you. And then that then, you know, you study other modalities along the way and astrology was one of them for me. But as a child, I was always asking people what their star sign was. It just wasn't an <laughs> unusual thing. It was just something I got a lot of fun out of. And so to then say, okay, I'm going to study astrology and take this very seriously. And and I did all the exams and um, studied with the Federation of Australian Astrologers that then gave me another depth and how I ended up going from spas and wellness at the Marriott Hotel and then moving into big development was I was uh, invited and you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a mental projector in human design for those that know a little bit about human design I'm not a reader of it but um, that's one of our that's one of our credentials. We must wait for the invitation, you know, and things find us. And that's exactly what happened. And I said to them, "I don't do development, you know. I'm not a developer." And uh, and they said, "No, that's not what we want. We want your vision. We want your sensitivity. We want your awareness." And so the irony is that here I am in the design world you know, kicking some pretty big goals because I went on to win best in the state, best in the country, and then the silver medal in the world. So I got number two in the world for sustainable design, but I don't draw. 
I don't sit down and do the CAD drawings or the computer drawings or anything like that. What I do is I work with the land and I understand the grids. And that's come through because of all my healing work, all my meditation work, all my practices in my own personal life, you know, be it yoga um, and various philosophies that I've followed, that then allowed me to be able to work with the land and to understand where placement needed to be and where areas felt sacred and to leave them alone or to seek the traditional owners and ask their advice and ask their input, you know, what is this feeling that I'm getting from this? You know, explain to me what this is about. So it sort of was a, what I was bringing was I was bringing honour and I was bringing integrity because I was weaving a carpet that that allowed everything to be respected and honoured within that template and within that platform. And so, yeah, there's the logistical things, of course, as there is with any uh, development in life, though it's understanding the nuances and how the energy relates to everything else and how this is going to impact the next thing. So it's understanding the domino and taking the time to have that heart and that integrity to sit in those board meetings and to raise that with people that aren't necessarily conscious, but perhaps they want to be, perhaps they want to know more. And so being having the courage to speak up and be the abstract person in the room and say, look, you know, have you thought about it this way? You know, and like, for instance, in the development that I was doing, the lights would shine down the hills, you know, of the road pathways around the template. And these beaches were serious because these were the nesting beaches for turtles. Now, turtles look to the moon. You know, the moon's extremely important to turtles. So if we've got a development that's this beautiful beach development and all of a sudden we're shining our lights everywhere, we're, we're disrupting the natural rhythm of what the turtles need to survive. So how can we coexist? And so this was the questions that I was always asking and raising and uh, because I was a great communicator and able to engage people, but not only engage them, get them interested and get them intrigued about why I seen things differently, it ended up educating them that they become sensitive and aware and would start to think about things more deeply. And so what that did is that imbued a frequency. And by imbuing that frequency, you, that land absorbs that and then it starts to radiate that. And then it comes into what I call resonance, which is different to harmony and balance when we talk about feng shui. This is coming into resonance. And how do you come into resonance? You come into resonance through the heart. And so it's about putting the heart into things. And most of our um, developed world doesn't tend to put the heart into things. It tends to think about its wallet and how much is it going to cost me and how little can I spend and how much can I get back. And so this is a different philosophy. But the irony in it is that it pays bigger dividends mm -hmm. <laughs> and it lasts longer and it creates a template that can be enjoyed for generations to come. You know, so you're actually creating villages that your children and your grandchildren and their children can enjoy. You're not creating these eyesores of convenience that in time you'll be sorry that they were ever allowed to be built or constructed because there's no integrity, there's no soul, there's no heart. And just like the turtle that finds its way, by its electromagnetic fields within the beach and within the sand, you know, that it goes out after it's born and it returns to the exact same beach that it was born on to have its babies 40 years later. So that's pretty, that's pretty amazing stuff when you get down to the grits of it. And so you think we too have that connection. We can connect to our land through the, our electromagnetic fields but it's the awareness that uh, makes the difference into how well we connect with that and how well we preserve and want to care for our environments, you know. That's super powerful and it's very important. 
And I want to go back a little bit because you mentioned like feng shui, right? Mm -hmm. So for people that may not necessarily understand if you're going to call something intuitive design or the resonance of, I mean, I I get the resonance of ourselves and our own energy, but of land and everything else. How would you explain how people, because I also think of Home Edit on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love that show. Or Marie Kondo and like how she's like, if you love it, like, does it spark joy? If it sparks joy, keep it. If it doesn't, let it go, right? Yeah. So there is energy connected to all of it, right? To Mm -hmm. the physical things, to our physical surroundings that you mentioned, our environment, all of that. Mm. So walk through and explain a little bit that, um, just the whole point of it, I guess. And then how, what you're talking about is elevating it a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So if we're looking at feng shui, feng shui is, um, well, the word feng shui actually means the way of wind and water. And it's very structured. It's a very ancient science. You know, it's based in a lot, has a lot, a lot of history in the Taoism. It was how it originated. And it's based on looking for harmony and balance. And so everything is about finding that harmony and balance and everything is measured and structured in that way. The difference with intuitive design, as we're calling it, I like to sort of see it as interior alchemy a little bit as well, because you're weaving elements together. So they don't necessarily go together, but you're weaving a language within that framework. And so how can that, how to explain that even more deeply? So instead of just saying, okay, I want this to be measured. I want it to look tidy. I want it to look structured. And, you know, it's all feng shui. Okay. So it has that feeling of energy flowing. You know, that's what feng shui is about. Energy needs to flow through no jagged corners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no jagged Mm -hmm. corners. And it can't rush. You've got to slow it down. So if one door is facing another door, like if the front door is facing the back door, you've got energy rushing into the house and exiting the house just Mm. as fast. So you've got to slow that energy down a little bit. So it's like an energy flow. Yeah, so that's adopting that philosophy. So interior design, okay, the traditional interior design is about looking at things pretty much the same way, except not taking into consideration the elements and the speed in which things flow through, okay? So it's not looking at how fast the wind's going to go through the door. It's just looking at how is the door consistent with the hallway and the walkways and... It's visual. It's visual. It's looking at everything in a very measured way, you know, and that's what the architects do and the interior designers that sit and do all the CAD drawings do. And and that has a, a depth of appreciation to it as well. But what's missing in all of these things is the soul, is the heart, you know. We're all dealing with the energy and how the energy is flowing, but are we looking at the heart? It's a little bit like, you know, you can um, put on an Imani suit and feel like a million, well, look like a million bucks, <laughs> except do you feel like a million bucks? You know, do you feel it? You can put it on, but do you feel it? And so it's when you combine the Imani suit with the feeling, then you've just taken yourself to another level and now you feel like a million bucks. You know, you look like a million bucks, but you feel like one too. So you walk differently. You hold yourself differently. You speak differently. You have a different belief that you're carrying in yourself because you've connected with something else. And so that's what I do for a room. That's what I do for an environment. That's what I do for a piece of land. That's what I do for a business, you know, because I've been, I've been fortunate in being able to apply my skills, not just to one template. You know, it hasn't just been, oh, I only do residential development. No. Or I, or I only do, uh, visual merchandising in stores. No, I've had an opportunity to do all of these different things and prove it and prove it in such a way that by affecting the energy, I can actually change the turnover of a business and I can bring more financial impact to them for, for better reasons and raise their ROI. And an example of this is I was doing a series of stores for, for a big chain, like a whole food store chain that we have here in Australia. And I was doing these stores and I was never given a brief. I was never ever asked, you know, like um, I, 
I went in and I said, oh, okay. Don't you love that? <laughs> and they're like, here, just do, just work your magic. That's like, it. No background. Sort of, it goes back to the beginning of guess what I'm thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I've had good training in this guess what I'm thinking. And, uh, and I said to them, okay, so what would you like me to do? And it's just a piece of raw concrete. It, it had no form, no shape. No, it wasn't even opened as a shop. And, and I just said, okay. And they said, oh, we want to put the flowers here in front of, in front of the registers. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what would you like me, you know, how do you want it to look? And, you know, what sort of style? And I don't know, just, I don't know, just make it look good. You know, sort of that was my brief. And I went, oh, okay. So I've got creative license here. And yeah, okay. And so what I do when I have those situations where people aren't able to articulate clearly what they're looking for, but they'll know it when they see it, is I work then with the building. So I'll meditate and I'll work with the building and I connect with the heart of the building. Or the land or around it, right? Or the land, yeah, or the land or whichever. And in this case, I was connecting with the store and I'm sort of engaging and watching, watching the store, watching the customers, watching, 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 and then letting it speak to me. And then through that, developed this look where I created this beautiful meandering garden as you sort of walked up to approach the registers. And, and just as an indicator, flowers went from 6,000 a week to 25,000 a week overnight after I'd completed the look. And it ended up becoming the talk of the town. It was crazy. People wanted to all come and visit it and come and see it. And, and the store was so excited. They're sort of like, oh, wow, what are you going to do with our coffee? What are you going to do with our tea? And so all of a sudden I thought, wow, all of a sudden I'm visual merchandising now. You know, this wasn't what I used to do, but here I am. So there's that invitation again. But the difference was is that I'm very adaptive because I've had such a big template and a big experience across a broad body of things, but yet I've woven them all together like the alchemist that I'm always sort of in the in the laboratory cooking up something new, you know, and just making it happen and bringing it to life and giving it energy and infusing it and embodying it with a frequency that it impacts people that engage with it. And so that was my my intention was to impact everyone that engaged with this, whether they bought a product from it or whether they visually see seen it. I wanted it to impact their heart because when we can elevate our spirit and lift our heart, we actually raise our frequency, which opens us up to receiving more. And it can transport us into a higher uh, feeling about ourselves. So it creates a wellness. So this is where the wellness part comes in with the interior, uh, the intuitive design. And so that's how I approach everything. When I'm doing concepts for homes, you know, people can ask me to do concepts online now. I don't even need to visit their property so I can work across the world. If they send me a video or um, some photographs and we do an initial consultation over uh, Skype or Zoom, then what I do is I start to move in and connect with the house and the spirit of the house or the spirit of the land or So I start to use my psychic powers very strongly at that stage. And then I start to build and then I'll build the concepts from there. They're visual concepts that I send to people. And then I work with the home and start to bring the language together so that you've got a conversation that's going across the room, across the environment, that's consistent, that isn't jagged, and staggered and, 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 uh, opposing each other. You know, you can have a beautiful feng shui house, as we were saying before, though, what's the resonance of the heart and how are the people feeling in that environment? Do they feel like, oh, it just feels a little too measured. It feels a little too upright. I can't really relax into my home and just leave things because I'm constantly paranoid of, oh no, I've got to put that back because that's all feng shui, you know, that's got to flow this way. So we can get a little bit pedantic. Whereas what I like to do is create heartfelt spaces that feed your heart. And whether it's commercial, residential, developments, land, clearing houses of spirits, looking at the foundation, because the houses share a lot of information with me, you know, I can see 
where the foundations could be compromised. You know, I was looking at a lady's house the other day and she has the tree. I kept seeing a tree and I said, there's a tree to the right side of your house. Is that true? And she said to me, it's actually in my neighbor's yard and I'm really worried about it because the root system is coming over into my yard and it's disturbing the foundations. And I said, yes, I can see that. And so I'm a little bit unique and extremely abstract in that way. You know, That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm able to sort of move into these things and I can close portals too, you know, because sometimes root system in trees have portals. And so I can shut down the portals and actually push the energy to go a different direction. Yeah, I love all this, but I want to go back. So for somebody, okay, just a regular listener who may not, one, even if they've done feng shui or they haven't, or maybe they've watched the home edit on Netflix and they're like, I love everything rainbow color coordinated and organized and stuff. I just want to kind of go to the heart, the energy of it, right? The whole purpose of the reason why I feel personally that there was a movement there is because people could could see how something, whether it was clutter and or just something as simple as organization can change the space and the energy physically, but then also what you were talking about, the energy of how somebody then feels about something in the space and how it's all connected. So there's that. And then there's also what you were talking about, which is I feel a lot, especially now more than ever, considering that we're working from home so much more, we haven't been going out as much. Our energy in our homes have just become these these spaces where we've been residing there so much more that we do need to clear the energy and or ground it. I, I, I use the words like ground, protect and clear, or ground, clear, protect, whatever, whichever steps you want to take with it. But there's that, right? So help us or help the listeners with maybe some things that they could do on their own um, and or some things that maybe might be interesting to them to consider. Because um, you mentioned one, I feel like that the tree and your yard, there's that, there's your neighbors, there's also so many different things to take into consideration. So what would be some things that maybe they should be thinking about and or considering when it comes to their home, their space and energy, and as they approach intuitive design? Okay. The first thing to do is start to get really, really honest with yourself and ask really clear questions. And don't be afraid of asking big questions, you know, and sitting with it. You don't need to find the answer immediately. And why I'm saying that is because I'm picking up on the cue of how much time we're spending in our homes now compared to how much time we used to spend in our homes and how they've become just the whole center stage for so much. We tend, as humans, I was actually just writing about this in a post, we tend as humans to have been raised um, and conditioned with a whole lot of beliefs around the hungry ghosts. Now, the hungry ghost is this insatiable appetite where we feel that we have to keep up and we have to keep feeding this hungry ghost that is never, ever satisfied. As soon as it gets what it thinks it wants, it wants more again and more again. Well, this is like our homes. Our homes become our hungry ghost. We want more space than we can actually use or care for. And I really want to emphasize that or care for because, yes, it doesn't matter if you can afford, you know, a 55-foot mansion. It doesn't matter. It's like how much of that space are you really going to use and invest your energy into and how much of is it going to become the hungry ghost, the ghost town, the corner of the house that never, ever gets visited, you know, or that room, I never used that room. It's just always had the door closed ever since I lived here. You know, it's like becoming more conscious and more aware of what do you want the space to provide you with and how do you want to feel in the space and what is the language and do you really use all those um, items in your kitchen? You know, do you really use all of those items in your cupboard? We become collectors and hoarders and then we become attached to the, the sentimentality of it, you know, like, oh, I remember when I bought that. But it's like, is that a memory that is giving you an empowered feeling or is that a memory that's taking you back to a place that 
you used to be, but you are no longer. So these things can keep us entrapped as much as they can feed us our our memories, you know, and we think, oh, well, no, no, it's good to be sentimental and have these memories. Well, in shamanism, you actually are taught to call back your energy from everything. You know, you call, you stalk your energy, you call your energy back from the houses you've lived in, you call your energy back because we need all of our energy for our vitality. And so what I'm talking about when I'm talking about heart energy and resonance in a building or in an environment or with a piece of land is I'm talking about vitality. What vitality are you experiencing when you visit that property or when you walk into that house or when you stand on that land? Is it giving, what is it bringing to you? What is its energy speaking to you? And so when we're looking at our homes and Home Edit is a fantastic show. I love that show. I love those girls. The personality is incredible. They've just, they, they work. They really do. And I love rainbows and I love color. I'm a big color person, but it's, that can look beautiful. And you go, wow, that's excellent. But it's like, what's going on inside of you and how well are you going to maintain that? How well are you going to care for that? And and how are you going to then allow that then to filter into the rest of your life so that it can improve as well, not just one section? Yeah, you're really talking about living, Mm, (laughs) right? Like living our lives to the fullest, to the capacity where we're receiving, but we're also giving. Mm, Yeah, yeah. And we're asking ourselves to live a different way, which is exactly what we've been asked to look at since, you know, we've had these things happen in the past couple of years across the world. And we've all been turned to our homes and to working online more and doing these things. Well, that's us living. That's We're living our life differently now. And so it's like, well, what is the quality of that? And how can I bring out the best in this? And what does my home need to say to me in order to keep that energy elevated? You know, like sleep on a really good bed. Sleep on a really good bed. Invest in your bed. Invest in your mattress. This is a very important part of your house. Don't think that'll do and close the door and then make sure you've got a rainbow colored pantry. (laughs) It's like, how does that work? I'm sorry, you've just neglected one part of your life to satisfy another. And which part are you satisfying? You're satisfying an external part, a part that other people are doing. So once again, we're copying rather than considering what is it I need for me? What is it I need to take from this so that I can enrich my life? you know, rather than, oh, the world's doing this. So if I do that, then I'll feel that way too. And that's the great uh, illusion. That's the hungry ghost. You know, we're all chasing these hungry ghosts, but are they really what we want? And see, this is a big question. What do you really want? Yeah. So what do you want and how do you really want to live and how the space is showing up for you? Right. Yeah. And then the hungry ghost. And and that's like a good checkpoint to say, are you really going to use the space and live the life that you say that you think you want and how you want it to show up for you versus the other? What are some other things? Some other things are is to start to, okay, so we go to, go to your cupboards. The cupboards, the cupboards are the storage, right? So go to your cupboards because there are so many questions we can ask ourselves about our cupboards. And then start to ask, okay, how much clutter do I need to keep around to me? You know, some people like clutter. It gives them comfort. You know, I, I'm, I'm not one of those people, but I don't, I don't put rubbish on those people that like to have a lot of things. You know, we all have our own preferences and I have deep respect and appreciation for that. Though what I like to say is how much do you actually need to be displayed and how much of it uh, is just useless? that needs to be let go of and then which pieces you do put in the cupboard for for later you know and understand why you're doing that you know what's your why understand your why you know we need to understand that in, across every area of our life is why do I love that lamp why do I love that why do I love this and then what you do when you get down to the bones and you start to go okay no I really love this and I really love that then 
you're listening to a different language because then you're saying, okay, there's a lot of love going on here. I love all these things. Now, how am I going to get this conversation to come together? So how do I lay this out? How do I, how do I bring this together so that it feels in resonance, that it feels that it's an extension of myself, you know, and you don't have to have a creative, uh, you know, a lot of people will probably be saying, oh, but I'm not creative. I don't think like that. I don't know how to put it together. And and that's true. That's where you can get, you call in people like me and we'll help you put it together. But it's understanding your why and why are you holding on to those things? Why do you want so many cushions? Why do you want so many pillows? What does pillows mean to you? It's ask questions. Just keep asking questions and get to your truth because we can't live in resonance and have intuitive design unless we understand our truth. You know, like when I'm working with the land, the land knows its truth. It knows how it's structured, you know, and what's going to work and what's not going to work. And we're like that too. We really are. It's just that we get so caught up in looking over the fence and in comparison rather than what is right for me. And that's where astrology is divine in that way and how that weaves in is because we all have a different astrological blueprint, you know, that's the soul blueprint. And so we're all individuals. And once you start to really deeply appreciate your uniqueness and your individuality and then want to bring that out and bring that into resonance, then you're creating your footprint, your fragrance, you know, your unique expression. And so it's not about looking like everybody else, which is uh, magazines will ask us to all do that. Right. Well, I love that because you, what popped in my mind as you were talking is there's, I have a, a several friends that are fairly popular in interior design, like big names, right? And um, also I'm looking at, I'm scrolling through the things on Instagram or I'm scrolling through just in general, like I love design. I think in general, I like it because it's so visual and it makes me feel good, but I never really, to your point, ask the question, why? Why do I like certain things? Is it because the colors feel calming to me? Is it because whatever it is, right? So there's that. And there's a, there's such an inherent truth in what you're talking about is you may not have a lot, right? When you're looking at your space, you're like, well, how can I take this into consideration? And to me, the first thing is, to see how your space makes you feel and how and how close to you are how it makes you feel and where you want to and how you want to be and how you want to feel and then what are those small changes or even some big changes that you can make to make that happen and there's simple things like what you were talking about clearing clutter and all of that but also investing in things that are going to be the longer term like that will help you long term whether you get good sleep that right but also i think that there's just a, a part of where i'm getting visually in my mind's eye my guides and angels are leaning me to to go in this direction is space clearing and your intention about placing objects in a certain place like you were going and the visual connection and the creative energy that flows that all creates that loving space that resonance like you were saying that's individual to each person. Mm, yeah, it does and that also helps when I'm uh working with uh portals and things like that, you know, there was a restaurant I was working on and there's a portal in that restaurant and um, and I I could tune into it and there was some sticky energy that was stuck there and I actually said to uh, the person, you know, what actually went down when this building was being built because I feel that there was something pretty intense that happened because there's portal here. They were an open client so I could speak on that level whereas, see, <laughs> I, I must actually say that I don't force this onto everybody. I work right, with right. the magic all the time but I'm not telling everybody exactly what I'm doing all the time for them because they're just wanting to get the end result. And so I do have clients that just want the end result. You know, they don't want to un- understand all the bits and pieces in between. And then you get the ones that do. And they said to me there was a lot of argument that went down and it was a very difficult uh, um, time and the approvals were really challenged with the council and various things. And I thought, ah, okay, I can understand this because there's all this, ang- this angst going on here. There's a ghost here and there's angst and he's holding this corner to ransom. And, uh, and so I had to make peace with that. And so what I do also, then I'll work with colour. 
and then I'll work with materials and then I'll use a particular material in that corner. Like in this case, I used a lot of metal and a lot of brick. And I was deliberately doing that because I was actually creating a solid structure. I wanted to create a solid energy frequency that I could then bleed that out across the restaurant. So I was creating an anchor. So what became a hole ended up becoming an anchor to anchor the room so then I could spread the energy across. Now, I'm speaking on a, on a psychic level now and I'm speaking on an alchemy level and understanding how we must weave elements together, you know, and appreciate how those elements are coming together and what is the language and what is the texture and the foundation of those elements, you know. And so that's where I'll work with the planets and bring all of those qualities into it. And what that does is that allows a consistency of frequency and space clearing across a room and you can feel the vibrational difference. And it's one of those things that's extremely challenging to put into tangible words because it's imbued with such an energy. It's something you feel. And so when you stand in front of it or when you walk into it, you just go, oh, I come into resonance, you know, we're 80% water. And so what does water like to do? It likes to come into vibrational resonance with its environment. Otherwise, it feels jagged, nervous, anxious, anxiety, static, right? And so it's understanding frequency from that point. Okay, how can I bring everything into a vibrational alliance with itself, and then how can I then bleed that out so that people engaging in this frequency will be brought into that resonance and alliance as well? Because it will, the energy will push them to be brought into that alliance. What I mean is you could be feeling sad in your car, get out of your car, go to the concert. Everybody's like blasting off the charts. Instantly, your body will come into that resonance. You will mm -hmm. meet them there. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm doing with environments. It's like I'm creating a vibration that it will bring people into harmony with when they come into that. I'm totally tracking with you and I love it. And I'm following it because I'm also tuning into the energy when you're talking. But I also want to be able to say maybe there's some things you can intuitively tap in if people want to bring in a certain type of feeling or emotion or energy in their home. Are there recommendations that you have for that? Definitely. That's as far like a spa environment. You know, for instance, mm -hmm. when I'm working with people, I would say to them, okay, well, what is their bathing rituals like? You know, how do they, do they just jump up, have a shower? and get the heck out of the bathroom, you know, like I just have no time at all or it's just, yeah. Okay. So how, how can we slow that down for you? How can we, how can we give you a better experience of that, of that ritual? So it's like, how can we bring this into harmony with your lifestyle? So it's not about you having to live and, and wake up an hour earlier so that you can do all the things. It's not about that. It's how can we actually find harmony for you and your lifestyle so that you're experiencing that spa experience when you go into your bathroom, even if you're only there for five minutes, you know, it's sort of like you're still having that vibrational experience. And so how would you do that? You would ask about your towels. What sort of towels do you use? Are they soft luxurious sort of towels? Are they baby pink and white? You know, do you have some plant? Do you have a beautiful plant that you could sort of hang near the mirror, you know, so that when you're looking into the mirror and you're dressing yourself, you're also looking at beauty. You're looking at life. You're looking at something living, you know, that's natural in its own existence, if you know what I mean. See, so what are you doing? You're speaking a secret language then. The plant is natural in its own beauty. You are natural in your own beauty. You know, there's all of this subtle language that's going on when we're taking things in visually. And this is why it's important to have things around you that bring you back into that state of beauty or that state of resonance with yourself, you know. So pick colors. Don't be afraid of colors. You know, yeah, I know everybody goes, oh, but it's so much easier. Everybody wants 
There's the whole grayish yeah, movement. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but, but what does that do for your heart? Yeah, it looks aesthetically pleasing. Yes, it does. It does. You know, let's go and get Vogue to come and shoot this photograph for you. It's like, no, but what does it make you feel? Do you feel like you want to relax and put your feet up or do you feel like you need to sit upright because everything's just so tidy and so perfect that you're making it a mess just being there? So it's like we've got to learn not to be too precious. You know, we, it, we've got to learn actually to respect and appreciate our lifestyle and how to create our environments within our lifestyle. Yes. You know, and it's not so much even in affordability. It's about actually what is your lifestyle. Like, you know, I, I've, I've been poor. I've been rich. Then I've been poor again. It's like, you know, this is the roller coaster of life. And so you sort of say, okay, well, when I was when I was really rich, I could wear all these things. You know, I could buy all these things, but I could wear all these things because I was going to those occasions that required me to have those things. Though then when, you know, now now I live a different life and it's like, do I need all those things? Yes, I can afford them. Yes, they've become trophies. Oh, look what I used to be able to afford. It's like, it's silly though, because all it's doing is sucking your energy back into a past experience, not allowing you to evolve into more of who you are and who you're becoming. It, you know what I mean? It becomes, mm-hmm. it becomes a void and it becomes that hole that of, of longing. And so this is where we as as humans now have to start to approach our lives differently and start to say, okay, where is my energy leaking? What is keeping me in a state of longing rather than a state of being and evolving? And so looking at our space that way is extremely important and saying, how much do I utilize? How much do I need? How much do I engage with that? And, you know, once you, once you work out these things, then you can bring everything else into harmony and then you can create that comfortable environment that looks very pleasing to the eye. It, it feels very pleasing to the soul and it's a place where you can feel restored and nurtured and revived, you know, so that you can go out there and do what you need to do in the world. Yeah. When I was at a point in my life, my guides and angels said something. I don't even know if it was from them, universe, whatever, but it was this message and it was, and I was like, man, this is depressing. This is supposed to cheer me up. And they're like, yes. <laughs> so bear with me. So bear with me. But they said, we come into this world alone and we leave this world alone. And they didn't mean it just by people, right? They meant it by the things that we acquire when we're here on earth. So much that we're here that we're like this, I lost that ring or there is this sentimental value or the home I did have or the rich and poor, that sort of thing. And I'm not saying that that's not important and I'm not trying to dismiss or demean how people are feeling at this point or any point in their life. This is more just a way of detaching to say, when I leave, I'm only taking with me the wisdom, the emotions, the experiences I had. I'm not taking with me the physical aspects or things that I've acquired and accumulated. So then when you were talking, what I thought was so beautiful, the, the, what I, the message I was getting was our experience here, our homes, all of those things are tools to help us when we're having those other experiences spiritually, right? And with other people to help amplify and or manifest and or help us feel connected, not to take away. And right now we've been trying to replace those external situations and things with making us and helping us feel a certain way, which is actually the opposite. Exactly. It's exactly. It's like um, the philosophy picking up on your angels and guides and what they were saying to you is it's the philosophy of we need to feel the million bucks even if we're not wearing the Amani suit, you know, and how, what's it going to take to get to that sort of feeling within yourself? And so that's the big question because, you know, these are things that represent ambitions, you know, they represent um, successes or achievements, you see, but they're all external things. And when you go to, you know, the secondhand stores and you're seeing that Amani suit that was once, you know, $5,000, $6,000, now it's like you can't even get 50 bucks for it. 
And and so that puts <laughs> things in perspective. And it's like, just start looking at some of this stuff and see how much it's worth when you really need to sell it or when you really need to move it on. And that's a very grounding experience of reality. And and like I say, it's not, it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm only for the poor, or I'm you know, the rich people. No, I'm not saying any of those things. I'm not saying that we should have it because we can afford it. What I'm saying is that how much can you use and how much can you utilize and how much can you sincerely enjoy? Sincerely enjoy, you know, like we can have a lot of things, but do we sincerely enjoy them all or do we forget we've even got them? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what they were saying is it's like a tool. It's like those things exist to help us Mm -hmm. evolve and experience not to hold us down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and so when, when people come for, you know, if they come for astrology readings and things or psychic readings or their home, you know, because I'm kind of weaving in all these different areas, but if you can see they're all related, they're all about the human. They're all about you. They're all about your heart. They're all about how can we bring that flower into more fullness? You know, how can it share its fragrance more? You know, and what is its fragrance? So it's, so when they come, their, their questions are always about, you know, how can they be happier? How can they have love? You know, it's not about how can they buy more things? But yet they'll buy more things thinking that it's going to feed those things. And, I mean, we see this over and over. We, we read about it. You know, the Buddhists talk about it. So this is not new news that I'm sharing with you. What I'm, what I'm, where I'm really trying to go to get people to start to dig in to asking their why and, and what is it for them? You know, we've, we tend to do so much through mimicry because we're programmed you know, we, we're watching things, we're seeing things, and then we have the fear of missing out or keeping up or that's such an old language. And it's been set in time so long ago, but is it useful now? Shouldn't we be feng shuiing that? You know, perhaps we need to <laughs> ghost bust that out because is that useful now as we go forward? Do we have enough resources to keep maintaining that, that type of existence? And these are the big questions that we're being asked now. And, and what, what's just occurred over the last couple of years has forced us to ask these questions. And so as much as we don't like seeing the adversity in the world and the challenges that we're facing in the world now, we actually must face these. We must ask these questions. We must start to look more deeply because what has pre-existed cannot continue. And we're at that juncture of we must start to change the path in which we're taking and how are we living our lives? How are we experiencing the earth? How are we caring for our land? How are we caring for our environments? How are we caring for ourselves? you know, and, and start to, to, uh, change the language completely and ask about resonance and ask about heart. Is this aligning with heart? Is this in resonance with its environment? Is this in harmony with you? Is that bed perfect and giving you the best sleep you could possibly get? You know, cause these are important things, very important things, not, how beautiful my garden is for the neighbors to enjoy because they're going to see it more than you are because you're inside the house, remember? So it's like start to put things in perspective and where you need to put your money to get the most out of your life for yourself. Yeah, and your time and your effort, right? That's the thing. Mm -hmm. And your time and your effort. Exactly, exactly. Rather than, you know, we have a lot of things just to say we have a lot of things and, and uh, you know, that can represent, oh, well, you must be very successful, very wealthy person. Or are you just really burnt out trying to hold on to all of them to pay to keep them all? You know, it's like, you don't know. We, we just assume all these things because this is how we've been programmed to believe. Or you're too busy to even appreciate and yeah, enjoy them. <laughs> you're too busy. I mean, you think about the the really high-powered executives, you know, they earn big salaries. They have these beautiful homes. and mm-hmm. How often are they in them, you know? 
I mean, they have their yacht, so they're on their yacht on the water on the weekend and then they're in their house for five minutes and then they're in the car for three hours. And so it's like, how much of this are you enjoying? I get that you're fortunate to be able to have it and congratulations, bravo, except how much are you actually enjoying? What's your heart receiving from all of this, you know? So that's all I'm saying. It's time to come into the heart and time to ask different questions. Maybe that's what we need to call this episode instead of intuitive design. But I still love the topic and the thought about intuitive design because it got us to where we are, right? It did. It got (laughs) us to where we are. Yeah. And so, yeah, intuitive design is truly about that. It's working with with the human and the environment and bringing them into resonance. And so the difference with the feng shui, feng shui is looking at how everything is in harmony and balance and measured and how the energy flows within that environment, whereas intuitive design is taking it even more deeper and saying, how do we bring resonance to the environment? Because we need to bring resonance within you because you are the environment, which is what your angels were saying to you. (laughs) It's like you are, you're sitting in it, but really you're the one charging it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so once you see that, then you start to dance with that very differently. What other things did you want to share with like the listeners outside of uh, whether it's related to intuitive design or anything that you're feeling just led to to talk about that we didn't get to? I feel like we did talk a lot about myths and misconceptions, which were huge here for this. But anything else? Actually, I, I'm being called to talk about uh, horses because I've I've done a bit with okay. horses because <laughs> I had a horse property and. Um, I don't any longer, but I did study equine facilitated therapy. And I think that they're speaking to me at the moment and wanting me to bring this into the topic because they, they're very powerful animals in feeling frequency and emotion. All right. And so they communicate through emotion. They're very, very emotional uh, creatures and they pick up the currents within the, within the land. And they're just like the turtles, you know. It, all animals are absorbing things through their feet. We are absorbing things through our feet. And what they're really wanting me to say is that we need to start to look at our landscapes better and how we're positioning things, you know, because that, our footing, is extremely important in, in life and in metaphorical ways in every way. And, and so I think the horses have given me such a grounded experience and awareness of understanding where is your footing? You know, where is your footing? How stable is your footing? And because that's important. And the reason it's so important is because when we're wanting to grow, we can't grow when we're on crumbling rocks or rambling rocks. You know, you just can't. You're just always in this perpetual cycle of just like keeping up, keeping up, keeping up. So this is why it's good to work with intuitive design and understanding how much you need and how in resonance is it and how does it flow in your home because that's your footing. That's your footing. Your home is your foundation. (laughs) It is. It is your footing. And so you need to feel anchored. And so even if you can only have a small environment, so long as you feel anchored in that environment, because then you know you can grow from there and you can get stronger from there. But if you're trying to be more than you are, that's unstable ground that you're trying to build on. And that's where we have to come back to ourselves. And so I think... Yeah, they've, they've come up just for that reason to share that last mm-hmm. little piece because that's what they're about. They're always embodying themselves 100% and their footing. And uh, we can really take a, a cue from that and, and metaphorically look at our life from that perspective. You know, where's your footing? How grounded are you? How solid do you feel in yourself? No, not how much you own. How solid do you feel in yourself? Because there's some very, very, very wealthy, extremely insecure people. And so we have to sort of go, how solid are we in ourselves? You know, where's our grounding? Where's our footing? Who, what do we stand for? The other thing I'm being asked, to, asked and led to bring up is, what are some grounded practices or things that people either can do within their home and their space or that they can do themselves to 
point to go back to the point you just made about having solid footing. Like we talked about some of the things you can do right earlier in this episode, but is there anything else? Okay. So there's things like, you know, the, the typical that most people will talk about, which is, you know, meditate, ground yourself. The thing is, is that if you're a very busy minded person, you're not going to be able to sit and meditate. So there are other things that you can find. There are tools that you can purchase. There's a biomat. And I swear by my biomat. I cannot live without my biomat. I even travel with it if I can. It actually has electromagnetic frequencies. It's a mat that you plug in and you lay on it and it brings your whole body into resonance with your nervous system. So it helps the parasympathetic nervous system completely calm down. It's excellent if you're having anxiety or if you're finding that you're racing ahead and you're just getting that nervous tension building up or you're not sleeping well, you lay on this mat. That's all you do. And it's filled with crystals, amethyst crystals, and uh, they're beautifully made. They're made in America. And uh, I do that because that just grounds me. As soon as I do that, I go, oh, okay, I come back into heart space. And from there, I can create anything. That's that's my belief. <laughs> can I sit on it all the time? Yeah, you can. <laughs> they have a smaller one that you can actually put into a chair so that you can sit on it on the chair. All right, I'm going to get one. Yeah, yeah no, I, I honestly, you can use them any time of the day. There's no specific time that you have to use them. They don't make you, well, they will make you sleepy, but I'm, I mean, if you want to catch a nap between shifts, if you're working shift work, they're ideal. They're ideal. They save people's lives as far as I'm concerned. They help with hip problems, lymph problems. They help your circulation. So I have that. Then I have uh, an infrared sauna. And I just have the dome one, the cocoon one, because I don't have a big house, so I can't have the stand-up one where you sit in them. So I lay, and it's a it's a cocoon. Uh, so I sweat. So you've got to keep detoxing. You've got to be able to sweat. Don't overeat. You know, that's one of the most important things to be really mindful of because as soon as you make your digestion system sluggish, then you make your elimination sluggish, and then you become clogged with a lot of toxicity building up in the body. You know, energetically, we we tend to think that we're more hungry than we are, and it's better to feel lighter and eat smaller amounts, you know, so that you're not overeating because that'll uh, drain your energy so fast, so fast. And start to actually tune into your biorhythms, you know, what works for you just sitting, just sitting and looking at the view, sipping on a cup of tea, just something that brings you back into your body, back into your feet, you know, and and just recite it. Okay, I'm sitting here. I feel my feet. I'm moving to my knees. I'm moving to my thighs. I'm moving here. I'm breathing. I can feel that breath just going in and out. So then you're not sort of putting all these labels on it and saying, oh, I've got to sit and meditate for 40 minutes or 20 minutes or 10 minutes. It's like, no, start to find these practices that you can utilize anywhere. I remember a yoga teacher um, I had for a long, long time when I was studying yoga and he said to me, Della Rose, if you cannot meditate on a busy bus corner with traffic going every which way, then he said, you can't meditate, you know, because it's not meditation. Making your room quiet and silencing everything is not meditation. You have to be able to do it anywhere. So start with these simple tools of where is my body? Where is my feet? Where is my mind? Where is my thoughts? I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into this, those other things. I had not heard of the biomat. Yeah. Yeah, they're brilliant. I think they're made in um, Hawaii, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, get one of those. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh, I'll include the, I'll include those in the show notes. Maybe they can be one of my first sponsors. You never know if you're listening. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So how can people reach you? Because you mentioned everything from you know the in- intuition, the psychic aspects. You give the readings. You do astrology as well. You also offer intuitive design sessions. How would you prefer people reach out to you and get in touch? Okay, well, I have a website, delarose.com. I also have a design website, which is more of a portfolio of my work. Uh, but if you go to delarose.com, you can see the different things that I offer. And then there are little links there where you can email me. 
or you can, I think my phone number is even on there that you could call me. So just reach out by email and we can start a conversation and begin from there. And I'm on Instagram. Awesome. I'm also feeling led. This just, sorry if I'm going to, this is a total surprise, by the way, everyone to her. I'm feeling led. Maybe we do some sort of, I'll figure out what it is, but maybe we do some sort of like giveaway or contest where if people have questions about their space or whatever, um, we give away one, one session or reading with you. Yeah, that would be fabulous. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Or, or we could have maybe people submit photos or I don't know, like, yeah. let's think about what that looks like. But I feel like, cause what I was getting was photos and images of people stuff. And I was like, I would actually love to be able to be like, this is what your space needs. Yeah, exactly. No, I'd love to do that. Just something super simple. Like you're, you're, you need to inject color or there, your energy feels a little bit more down, like maybe open up the blinds, like simple stuff. We could do something like that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so ideal. That's so ideal because I've just actually in this past couple of weeks, I was working on a client's house and I've done, you know, 12 different uh, concepts for her home, different sections. And then what I did, the very final one was, uh, I went to where the heart was in this particular home. And then I showed her how the language actually can translate using those materials and bringing that together in that light. And so that would be fantastic to do that. And she had this very, very tiny, tiny little nook and she's like, I don't know what to do with this space. And and then I showed her it could be a study, it could be this. And so, yeah, so I can do that. That would be amazing. Okay. I would love to yeah. do that for everyone. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll stop recording. I will ask Della Rose and then I will update you guys before I post this episode and give you where to go, what to do. Maybe they follow you on your newsletter or whatever it is. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, I love that. they. You, we can thank our guides and angels for giving us that little nugget oh, <laughs> before we broke. <laughs> thank you, angels. That's wonderful. Yes. They're always present, ever present. I know. Yes, always, <laughs> especially in these episodes, for sure. Well, thank you guys for listening and thank you, Della Rose, for being on. I appreciate it and um, really love your story and appreciate everything that you've been doing. Oh, wonderful. It's just been such a pleasure to come and share with you. Thank you for the invitation, inviting me on. And uh, it's just been divine talking to your audience today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.